Yo, <laughs> ladies and gentlemen, thank you for listening, downloading and subscribing to the latest edition of the 12 Kyle podcast. I'm 12 Kyle. Check this out on this podcast. We're going to talk about new editions, heartbreak album. This album actually turns 30 years old this year, and we're going to break it down. This album saw new edition lose a member and gain a member. And we're also going to break down the production and talk about why this album is significant and why new edition resonates with so many people. So sit back, relax. We'll drop the theme music and we'll get the podcast jumping. Let's get it. Welcome back. As I mentioned at the top, we're talking about New Edition's Heartbreak album. Uh, This album actually turns 30 years old this year. Uh, This album was released on June 20th, 1988, which for you and me, this means that we're getting old. (laughs) Because I actually remember going to the store and copping the cassette tape. I didn't buy the CD, didn't buy a record. I actually bought the cassette tape, A-side and B-side. So it's really, really bugged out to me that this album is turning 30 years old. Um, As I've mentioned on previous podcasts, I think 1988 is the greatest year in hip hop. Uh, R&B was no slouch as well, because this is one of the crowning moments for for, uh, 1988, Uh, you know, a crazy boatload of music and great music that came out and i'll be talking about it on these podcasts um and this is one of them man new editions heartbreak album um i think one of the things that obviously stands out about this album is there's no bobby (laughs) uh let me take you back uh i can't remember when it was it might have been somewhere in you know late to mid it may probably around mid 1987 uh, we got worried that Bobby Brown was not going to be a new edition. And, you know, again, you have to kind of picture it from my perspective because uh, there was no Internet. <laughs> so, I mean, if there was an Internet and TMZ, you know, we would have got the full scoop as to why Bobby wasn't in new edition. And the way that it was explained to the public was that Bobby left the group. Um You know, we found out years later that that wasn't necessarily the case, but it wasn't uncommon for artists in groups to go solo. And, you know, if you knew a new edition, you knew that, you know, they had some talented members and that, you know, these guys could go solo. And Bobby was one of the guys that, you know, you knew could and probably would go solo at some point. Um But uh, I can't remember exactly when they announced it, but it was announced that Bobby was leaving and going solo and he subsequently released a solo album. Um, And that was the narrative that Bobby left, you know, to go solo. And that wasn't the case. Were you voted out or did you leave on your own? I was voted out of the group because I would do the opposite, you know, of what they told New Edition to do. I was my own man at a young age and I just wanted what I wanted. I was still ready to do 
what I wanted to do and mm -hmm. the music that I wanted to do. Bobby actually got thrown out of the group. Uh, so, you know, for him to get thrown out of the group, uh, that spoke volumes. And I think, you know, th obviously this was something that we found out years later, but, you know, that spoke volumes as to, you know, where they were. So here it is, you know, Bobby's not in the group. Um, and, you know, New Edition is they're they're on their own, basically. And they're, you know, looking to um, sound more grown, if you will. Uh, they wanted to these guys were growing up. They they wanted to get away from Popcorn Love and Candy Girl and, and ba basically the bubblegum sound, if you will, that they had and they were known for. Um, and so in doing that, you know, they they really needed something and someone to help them you know, kind of take them to that next level. Uh, they were tired of the, you know, <laughs> looking like little kids and everything like that. They wanted to, you know, kind of take on a more mature uh, approach. And, um, you know, but that was going to be difficult to do because for one, uh, you know, people loved Bobby Brown and they still, New Edition fans still love to this day Bobby Brown. Uh, I, I think it goes without saying, but I'm going to go ahead and mention it right now. I am a huge 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 new edition fan <laughs> my favorite member of the group is bobby brown <laughs> but um yeah so i was i was you know i was really unsure as to you know what this was going to look like what it was going to sound like uh you know without bobby um you know particularly when i heard that they were trying to have a more mature sound i do remember hearing that in an interview um, I don't know if it was New Edition or someone else, someone from their camp said it on TV or something or radio or something like that, um, that, you know, they were going for more mature sound and more, you know, a little bit more mature subject matter. Um, and, you know, they had had some, you know, they had had success. They actually had a lot of success with Bobby. Um, and so, you know, it was. It was going to be interesting to see at this particular time. I think they were in between uh, contracts. Um, I think they had gotten rid of their management and they brought in a new management. So this was a, a season of change, if you will, for New Edition. Um, but again, you're, you're going to into the studio to create your fifth studio album and arguably your most popular uh, member of the group is no longer in the group. Um and that, you know, that that would be <laughs> that would be cause for concern, I guess, uh, you know, but these guys, they had it in them to, you know, make it happen. Um, and again, people knew that Bobby was going to be missed. Uh, enter in Johnny Gill. Uh, now, I'll be the first to admit I knew Johnny Gill. <laughs> I knew him from, uh, you know, the joint he did with Stacey Lattisaw. But that's about it. Like, I didn't I didn't know Johnny Gill. I mean, I knew he could sing. I knew he was singing. He was bad. But, you know, I was I, to be honest, when I heard that Johnny Gill was in the group, I was like, what's the well, you know, what does that mean? I mean, like, because automatically as a fan, if you hear that someone else is coming into the group and someone else has left the group, then, you know, you automatically start thinking, OK, well, you know, are they here to replace that person? And to me, you know, you. You really can't replace Bobby. You know, Bobby is, you know, if you're a new edition fan and I've been a fan from, you know, from day one, um, Bobby's not 
<laughs> not somebody that you can replace. So nonetheless, they bring in Johnny Gill. So uh, like I said, I didn't really know much about Johnny Gill. I knew um, the song he had with Stacey Lattisaw. Uh, I knew he could sing. Um, I didn't know he couldn't dance, <laughs> but I found that out later. Uh, but nonetheless, um, you know, it, it was on the outside looking in. It looked kind of you know, as a fan. I, I was somewhat skeptical, but, you know, at that particular time, New Edition had taken some time off. So to be honest, what I do remember about that time is that we were really, really ready for some new music. And this was perfect for me because I was actually in high school at the time. So uh, this album dropped, I want to say the summer before my sophomore year in high school. Uh, yeah, I'm older. <laughs> so, um, so yeah, this was dope, man. This was dope. So um, enter Johnny Gill. Uh, and so here we are, Heartbreak Drops, uh, as I mentioned, June 20th, 1998. Uh, now, before we get into the, you know, the, 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 the track listing and everything, um, let me tell you a little bit about the uh, production. The production obviously was done by none other than the great Jimmy Jam and Terry Lewis. Now, really for for new addition to kind of get where they were trying to go i mean there was really nobody that was hotter than jimmy jam and terry lewis obviously with their success with you know the time and they were producing all these other acts and then obviously they scored and crushed it with janet jackson um you know so they were they weren't like these up-and-coming producers they had had a foot in the game as far as in the music game and people knew that they were going to bring out the best in new addition and so, you know, we didn't have, at, at least as far as me as a fan, I didn't have any concerns about that. I was still interested as to how it would look and how it would sound. Um, but all of the production was uh, done by Jimmy Jam and Terry Lewis. Um, and this album is, if you count the introduction, this album is, is, is 12 tracks. Uh, but yeah, it, it was the production on this album. It has uh, what I call a Jimmy Jam and Terry, uh, Terry Lewis feel. Um because they really, really put, uh, you know, a, a distinct sound on their music. Um, I've heard people describe it as funky. I mean, like this album is funky. It's, it's R&B. It's, you know, it's, it's got a, a, a really, really deep groove to it. Um, I wouldn't call it New Jack Swing, but it's got, a, it, you know, the, even the upper, the, the, the fast tracks on here have a, a bounce to them. So, you know, you're going to bump it, you know, wherever you are and you're going to move your feet, obviously, because it's new edition. Um, so, yeah, it, it was it, it was really, really good to find out that, uh, you know, new that new edition was going to be coming out with an album and it was going to be produced by Jimmy Jam and Terry Lewis. I mean, that's a win win situation. Um, this album obviously took off. Uh, rocketed up the charts. Um, I think this album went double platinum. Um, and I mean, they had single after single after single. The videos were dope. Um, people really, really took to this album. And it, it really, you know, put New Edition, not that they ever fell off, but it really, really put them back on the map, I think, as far as where they, they were in the game. And, you know, people had to take notice as to what New Edition was doing. Um, this album, again, like I said, double platinum. Uh, they had hits. They were all over the radio. Um, the first single that they released was If It Isn't Love, uh, followed by You're Not My uh, You're Not My Kind of Girl, then uh, Can You Stand the Rain. Those were the first three hits. 
And I mean, they were smashes. And, you know, back in this time in 1988, you know, you really were defined, uh, you know, based on, you know, your record getting airplay on the radio. You know, radio actually mattered back back then. Uh, novel concept. Um, but yeah, this album was all over the radio. It was everywhere, and, uh, and 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 to be honest, Johnny Gill, in my opinion, fit perfectly into what they were doing. So, I tell you what, let's take a quick commercial. We'll hear from New Edition and you know their thoughts on Johnny Gill, and then on the other side, we'll break down the track listing and talk about why this album is significant. Sit tight. We'll be back in just a second. Since we you know made the transition from a five-member group to a four-member group, we had always wanted to go back to five members. And we were just waiting for the right time to um, go back. And um, since we had to come back this time with the more mature sound and we were making that drastic change from boys to men in everybody else's eyes, we had to bring a more mature sound in the group. So that's what we, that's what um, Johnny's basic role was. But Johnny's a fun-loving person. He always has us laughing around, you know. He's a lot like Bobby in a lot of ways. But, um, you know, he's his own person. We don't like to say we uh, want to replace Bob. John's his own person. And we love Johnny for Johnny, and we love Bobby for Bobby. And just like that, we are back. Once again, it's your boy, 12 Kyle, the 12 Kyle Podcast. And we're talking about New Edition's Heartbreak album, 30 Years Later. Uh, I'm not sure if I mentioned this in the opening, but... New Edition actually recorded an album in between the All For Love album and this Heartbreak album. Uh, This was an album that did not include Bobby Brown. It was called Under the Blue Moon, but it was actually a cover album where they basically sang other people's songs. Uh, You might remember the hit uh, Earth Angel. It was a really good album, Uh, but a lot of people tend to kind of overlook that album uh, because it wasn't original New Edition material. However, it was the first album without Bobby Brown. Um, but the one that people were really, really checking for was this album. Uh, that Under the Blue Moon album came out in 86. Uh, and then this album obviously comes out in 1988, uh, June 20th, 1988. New edition Heartbreak album featuring the newest member, Johnny Gill. Uh, this album, again, as I mentioned in the intro, like, there was a lot of pressure, and I don't know if people really thought that New Edition could pull it off. It was a lot of different things happening and people going in different directions. Uh, you know, and again, you bring in Jimmy Jam and Terry Lewis, and it's a totally different sound, you know, from what we were used to with New Edition. But, you know, New Edition fans, uh, they knew what to expect. Well, you know, to be honest, some of them didn't know what to expect. But uh, nonetheless, we really, really were looking forward to this album. Um, the album starts off with a brief introduction, uh, and then they go into track two. Uh, that's the way we're living. Uh, this is a really good intro track. I think, uh, it's up tempo, uh, produced by, uh, new edition and jelly bean Johnson. Um, this, I think one of the things I like about this is that it's, it's a, it's what I call a really good lead off song. Um, it's kind of like re- reintroducing you to uh, new edition. Uh, we hear Johnny singing a little bit on it. So, you know, you 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 get an idea as to how he fits in vocally uh, with the group. But um, I like the song. I think it's a really, really good intro to where the album is going. Uh, then we get into track three, where it all started. 
Now, this song, I think, is very, very interesting because uh, <laughs> New Edition really was trying to tell people on this song, like, this is where it started. Like, we originated all of this stuff. I think at that particular time, you know, uh, there were other people, uh, Maurice Starr in particular, who was trying to recreate new boy bands uh, and trying to kind of bite off New Edition style. And New Edition basically was saying in this song, like, you know, there's no imitators. You can't duplicate what we have here. We started this and we're going to finish it. And we're new edition and we're above everybody else. Um, and rightfully so. I mean, like you couldn't what new edition was and what new edition is and what they've been able to create and, and, and manifest over these years couldn't be duplicated. Yeah, there's tons of groups. I mean, they <laughs> we even had new kids on the block, for Christ's sake. Uh, produced by Maurice Starr as well, the guy who founded New Edition. Um, you know, but nonetheless, you can't duplicate what, you know, these guys created. And um, that song really was just like saying, like, hey, this is where it started. This is where we're coming from. You can't make another new another new edition. So um, I like that. And that was a little, I don't want to say edgy, because it, it when you listen to it now, it doesn't sound edgy at all, you know, some 30 years later. But it does, you know, kind of come off as like, like we're new edition and it's kind of brash and, you know, a little bravado. And that's what you wanted. And I think what it did was it just kind of put the stamp on where new edition was going with this album sonically. Um, then you get into track four, if it isn't love. <laughs> um, what can I say about this song? This is, you know, a lot of people's favorite song on this album. Um, this song uh, is funny because this was the first song that was released from the album. Um, it was released on June 7th, 1998. So the, the song dropped a couple of weeks before the album came out. And I remember seeing the video for the first time. Shout out to BET, Video Soul. Uh, I saw it that summer, Video Soul. I think Donnie, I want to say Donnie Simpson premiered it on his show. Um but yeah, man, it was so funny just to see it. And you know how, I mean, like if you're listening to this podcast, I'm pretty sure you've seen the video a thousand times, but the the beginning is just so funny. And like after that, I'm just like, okay, on the edge of my seat trying to figure out what these guys are going to do. And then they start off into this dance routine. And um, it's it's really interesting because if you're a New Edition fan, if you if you saw the New Edition movie, uh, you know, you know that <laughs> New Edition, um, you know, it's still the same dance moves. <laughs> when this song comes on, anybody that's an any fan still knows the dance move because the dance move haven't changed in, in 30 years. They're still doing the same moves. And guess what? It's still dope. Um, so, yeah, it, it, it's, it's incredible, man. I love this song. Uh, you know, again, it's it's a new edition staple, if you will. You ask uh, anybody who their you know what some of their new some of their favorite new edition songs, almost everybody's going to name this song, uh, at least as far as one of their favorite songs. Um, so yeah, I love it. Love the video. This is one of the new edition songs. I think just on a personal note, I think just really really like I never get tired of hearing it. Um, then you go to track five, N E Heartbreak. Um, any heartbreak was cold, man. <laughs> this is a cold track, especially for the time, because it was kind of, you know, it was real funky. 
it had you know a little it had a little bit of that jimmy jam terry lewis sound if you will but um you know i mean it, it was crazy and so that song comes out and then the remix i mean there's nothing else to say about the remix other than don't forget the pumps <laughs> i mean it doesn't get any better than don't forget the pumps um because you need the pumps <laughs> so uh this was uh and, and what's interesting about this entire album is that there were a couple of tracks um you know any heartbreak being one that you know had a dope original song and then the remix was dope as well so it was just like you know you were winning either way and um any heartbreak man is just so cold and i i, I love watching the video for this this song for the remix because you know i love johnny gill to death man but <laughs> johnny is really struggling trying to dance in this video but um yeah he, he's gotten better over the years and again i mean but people that know johnny gill like he's not known for necessarily being able to move but i will say you know since being in new edition he has his dancing has gotten better um but yeah uh any heartbreak another crazy crazy classic new edition song it's a banger uh, uh once again one that you never get tired of hearing hearing about um then the next track track six uh, crucial which also had a remix crucial is the jam i mean like again and ralph really does his thing i mean they all do but ralph really stands out in this track um another favorite man this this song it still goes and still goes to this day and still hard um and you depending on who you ask a cross-section of people some people like the original better some people like the remix but nonetheless a dope dope song in and of itself um and then track seven, track seven, You're Not My Kind of Girl, which was actually the, I want to say that was the second song that they released. They released this, this track on um, September 6th in 1998. Um, excuse me, 1988. I don't know why I said, I don't know why I said 98, <laughs> 1988. Uh, You're Not My Kind of Girl. Um, the title basically explains itself. Um, again, new edition they're really just hitting you back to back to back with these jams. And these are bangers and these are new edition staples. Uh, I will say this much. If you haven't, if you're listening to this podcast and you have not seen new edition live, do yourself a favor. I don't care how much it costs. Go see new edition live because they, even to this day, some 30 years later after this album is dropped, they continuously do a dope ass show that you don't want to miss. I've seen him in concert, I want to say twice. I plan to see him again. Um, but yeah, they're, they're cold, man. Just a cold routine. I mean, the routines, everything is impeccable. They're always dressed to the T. Uh, you know, depending on if Bobby's performing, Bobby might get a little winded. But, you know, it's okay. He's Bobby, you know. <laughs> so uh, make sure that you check him out. But uh, You're Not My Kind of Girl, another banger. Uh, love that track. Um, then you get to track eight. Uh, now track eight is actually interesting for me just on a personal note, because in the track eight, track eight is called, uh, super lady. Um, I remember buying the cassette tape, right. And for some reason, and I don't understand why, cause this, I guess this would have been the, the start of the B side. Shout out to the B side. You know, you don't have a sides and B sides anymore because quite frankly, nobody buys tapes anymore. Um, <laughs> but, uh, Super Lady 
for some reason on my tape did not exist. I don't know why to this day. Like, so it wasn't until years later when I actually bought the CD that Super Lady was on. And again, before you before you guys accuse me, I did not have a bootleg tape. It was the legitimate tape. For some reason, Super Lady wasn't on my tape. Um, and I don't know if it was something, maybe somebody will tell me if it was something that was re-released or something, but for whatever reason, Super Lady wasn't on the original tape that I bought. So I came to learn came to learn and love that song uh later on. But um you know, they slow it down a little bit here and then you start getting into the ballads and then you get to track nine. Can you stand the rain? Um, <laughs> there's really a lot that I could say about this track, but most of what I'm going to say about it, you already know. This is, in my opinion, the best song on the album. Um, this is one of the best songs I think that New Edition has ever made. Just my personal opinion. Uh, this, I, this is a song that I never grow tired of hearing. And I think, you know, Johnny leads off perfectly and Ralph does his thing as well. Um, it, 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 I love it. <laughs> I don't know. There's so much I can say about it. I will say this much. If you have... Uh, shout out to to everybody out there who had the you know who made the little slow jams get the draws mixtapes. Um, if you made a slow jams get the draws mixtape and this wasn't on your tape, then you really didn't have a tape. <laughs> That's the best I could say because every slow jams get the draws mixtape that I ever made, whether or not it was a tape or a CD, can you stand the rain is on there. I mean like. All you want to do, fellas, is make a tape and be able to sing this to a young lady. Uh, even if you can't sing, you can hum along. Um, but yeah, I, I love this song to death, man. This is, again, this is the quintessential New Edition song. And honestly, just on a personal note, I think this is one of the songs that really, you know, kind of helped define their legacy. And, uh, you know, the song lives forever. It, it'll forever. There's never a time where I'll get tired of playing this song. And I, I think this this was the third track that was released from the album. And it's a certified banger, a all time classic. Uh, if you have not heard the song, if you have not seen the video, uh, I don't know how that is possible at this point. But if so, after after you finish listening to this podcast, do yourself a favor and check it out. And then the next track that they go into is track 10, Competition. Uh, first and foremost, I think this is a great song. Uh, but this song, one line in particular stands out. Ralph sings, um, competing with your friends. Will it ever end? I'm losing all of my patience. I need a way out. Um, I think that was very key because obviously in 1988, people wanted new edition to be going at and going against Bobby Brown. And I think judging just from how things kind of played out, you know, the guys in the group really still love Bobby Brown at that particular time. Um, while they weren't necessarily in competition with him, they were. Uh, because again, as I mentioned earlier, the, both this Heartbreak album and the Bobby Brown's uh, second album, uh, Don't Be Cruel, they both dropped on the same day. So, you know, there was going to be competition. But I think there's a there was a sentiment in that lyric, in that song, um, that people, you know, wanted New Edition to hate Bobby Brown. They don't hate Bobby Brown. 
I, I, from, I guess from a fan's perspective, I think the guys in the group, because Bobby's been in and out of the group as far as how they've been touring here last over these last few years or whatever like that. Um, I think there's a genuine love for the guy, and I think they genuinely feel like brothers. And then they also recognize that Bobby has, you know, some shortcomings and they don't necessarily judge him for that. They love him anyway. And how they make it work, you know, it's really not for public consumption and, and for people to try to dissect to figure out how and why New Edition has worked with Bobby Brown and without Bobby Brown. But nonetheless, I think the guys in the group really, really love him and they, you know, and, and they care about him. Um you know, as far as the competition aspect of it, you know, Don't Be Cruel did much, much better than this Heartbreak album did. But this Heartbreak album was a killer. And Don't Be Cruel just went through it, it went through the roof. So, you know, they both won. But this is a, a dope, dope track. And, um, you know, it, it's, it's still uh, it still resonates to this day. And then the next track that they get into is track 10. Uh, actually, before the track starts, there's an interlude of Mike Mike. Uh, actually making a phone call home to his girlfriend uh, and he's calling, you know, with enthusiasm and telling her that, hey, I'm coming home um, off the tour. And the song I'm coming home is really about them coming off tour, uh, being away from their their family and friends and loved ones and then just celebrating coming home. Um, this one, I, I love this song, man. This song got a lot of play. Uh, in my tape deck, to be honest. And even once I bought the CD, man, I played it relentlessly because it was, it's a really, really feel good song, but you, it, because of the time in 1988, there was no, you know, cameras or anything like that, that could show us or any reality shows that could show us their life away from the stage and, and how they were, you know, living and how they could interact with each other and how they missed, you know, the ones that they left back at home. Um, you know, so I thought this song was perfect, man. And it gives you a really, really good visual as to how they lived and their feelings about, you know, coming home. Uh, and then the last track, track 12 was boys to men. Now the only person that appears on this song is Johnny Gill. And, uh, I remember hearing Johnny Gill some years ago, uh, in an interview say that, you know, he knew his role coming into new edition and, uh, he wanted an opportunity to, uh, you know, express himself, but he wasn't sure how many songs he was going to sing on and so forth and so on. And um, when they gave him the opportunity to just sing Boys to Men, he was like, well, you know, if this is what they're going to give me. I'm going to tear it up. And that's exactly what he did. Um, <laughs> this is classic Johnny Gill, man. Uh, if you're a fan of Johnny Gill, you know that this is how he really gets down all the time. Um, but I love this song, man. It's a perfect closeout to the album. And and that that's it. It's, with the introduction, it's 12 tracks. Uh, this album is an extremely, extremely uh, easy listen. Uh, it's only 50, almost 52 minutes. Uh, so it's perfect. Uh, if you haven't listened to this album um, ever, <laughs> make sure that you listen to it after this podcast. Um, now, I will say that this album is extremely significant uh, for a couple of reasons. One, it really helped introduce us to the grown new edition. Uh, you know, they weren't singing about Candy Girl or Popcorn Love or Mr. Telephone Man or anything like that. Uh, you know, they were talking about love and, and relationships and just being able to stand on their own as men. And they were coming into their own. So, you know, and even their look, if you look at the videos, they look like young men as opposed to, 
you know, singing about the stuff that they were singing about, trying to look like little kids. Um, but I think that's one of the things that made this album, you know, as significant as, as it was. This album anchored, you know, some of the albums that came out in 1988 as far as R&B. Um, New Edition, it, it, like I said, it really put them back on the map. Um, you know, because I'll be honest, there's a lot of people that thought that when Bobby left the group, uh, that they were going to, you know, tank. And um, because we've seen it happen before in, in R&B before. And so, you know, there was a lot of speculation as to how successful this album could be. There was some there was some you know speculation as to how successful they would be working with Jimmy Jam and Terry Lewis. Uh, so they put all of that aside and put that to bed very quickly as soon as you heard that album because the album was crazy. Um, this album, I think, is the best album uh, in their discography. Um, <laughs> I think Can You Stand the Rain is their best song in their discography. Uh, you know, it, it, you could put you, you could make a case for some others, but, you know, I, I think it's one of I think it's the best. It's obviously my favorite. So I'm a little biased. I'll admit that. <laughs> but, um, you know, that's another reason why this is so significant. Um, you know, and then obviously this album has helped, you know, as far as the longevity and this album, whether or not people wanted to admit it or not, but it went head to head with Bobby Brown's Don't Be Cruel. Now I mentioned, you know, they didn't do the sales that Bobby did. Uh, but I think what it showed was that they could really, really stand on their own two feet without Bobby. And then also, you know, Bobby's success with Don't Be Cruel showed that he could, you know, stand on his own without new addition. And uh, even though it was, it was his second album, the first album didn't do as well for Bobby. So, you know, he really, really kind of took it to the next level. So I think it, the separation at that particular time worked for both. Um, now, as many of you know, New Edition dropped in 2017 uh, their uh, biopic on BET. Uh, that, I think it was like 28 million people uh, went to BET and watched that. It was a three-part series, uh, three nights. Uh, personally, I thought it was it was phenomenal. Um, and I, I will give BET props when I normally don't give BET props. Uh, but I thought it was phenomenal. And I think what it did, what that series did was, you know, it helped solidify the music that they made. But it also introduced New Edition to a new generation of people. Um, particularly kids. I know just on a personal level, my kids have seen that that new edition movie at least 10 times. Like I've seen it like twice, but they've seen it at least 10 times. And, and it, what it did was it brought a newfound respect and love for their music. And so, you know, when I'm walking around my house and I'm hearing my kids singing Mr. Telephone Man or they're singing uh, Popcorn Love or If It Isn't Love, um, and they know the moves and everything like they they really gravitated towards, uh, you know, this music and not just my kids, but, you know, their classmates and their friends. Uh, so there's a, a generation of kids who weren't even born when this album came out in 88 who have a distinct you know appreciation for it. And it's because of that documentary. Um, you know, as far as new edition, man, I will always love this group. Uh, if you're listening or you're new to the podcast. I did a podcast on the Home Again album, which came out in 1996. Uh, that make sure that you check that one out as well. That's the only album that they've done where all six members uh, are together. Um, I did a podcast on that one as well, so check that out. Uh, but 
this album is incredible, man. It is one of the staples of 1998. Excuse me, 1988. Why do I keep saying 98? Uh, one of the staples of 1988 uh, is phenomenal album. If you haven't heard it, listen to it. If you haven't heard it in a while, listen to it again, and you'll appreciate just how dope it is. Uh, that's going to do it for me. Once again, thank you for listening, downloading, listening, and subscribing to this podcast. Uh, I'm your boy, 12 Kyle. I'll catch you guys next time. Five G's.